fans it's time for that sports show impact media's weekly dive into the world of practically every sport i'm your host jeremy the impact york i want to welcome you guys in this is a very special edition that sports show it is all about the end of the nfl regular season we're going to go over all the things that happened on on the last two days of of games and the ramifications that's going to have and a couple of little stories here and there as the coaching carousel has already started spinning there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about but first i want to tell you guys if you want to be a part of the show if you want to follow the show leave us a question comment suggestion rating review apple pie recipe directions to the treasure chest whichever you can do so the following ways you can email the show three end zone at gmail.com. That is the number three, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. That is our blanket email for all things Impact Media. Even if you don't put the subject in the subject line, we will probably know which show you're referring to. You can also look us up on Facebook. You can look up Impact Media. You can go for Jeremy York or that sports show, and you should be able to find us. If you are one of those people that uh, we truly appreciate just as well, that wants to just click a link and listen to a show, you can do so by going to our Twitter account at Team Impact Media. Scroll down to the appropriate show and listen as many times as uh, you see fit. There is no cap on how many times you can listen to a show. And in case something does happen, let us know. We'll get it reset. Also, if you would like to follow myself for show-related things and uh, even non-show-related things like this past weekend, I was able to go to a home and away Kennesaw State Owls ice hockey games. Fantastic time. They played Georgia Tech in both games. Got to see both those squads. Got to talk and meet a lot of players. A lot of those photos, a lot of those fun times are up on my social media accounts. You can find those at The Impact 99. Had a blast going to those. We will talk about those on tomorrow night's board check, by the way, which is our hockey show for new people. And of course, if uh, you can find you can find me at the Impact Ninety Nine on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram, and always you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, the iTunes Store, and anywhere else you find a podcast. If there's a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find one, please let us know, and we will remedy that shortly. So as I said. We got the end of the regular season, the season finale. The games that happened, uh, there was a couple on Saturday, of course, and uh, the rest of them were all on Sunday. The two on Saturday, which I got to see bits and pieces of both before I went to the first hockey game that I was just referring to. Uh, You had the Chiefs and the Raiders. The Chiefs, of course... The Raiders are a mess. I've never seen a borderline playoff team uh, 
not re-sign the coach that seemed to be doing well, even though it's in a room. You bring in who you think is the the guru, and Josh McDaniels, and they proceed to go six and eleven with a playoff team. Yeah, it would not surprise me if McDaniels is the next coach added to the list. He currently still has his job. I would, I would really, really have to debate that if I was Mark Davis. And I understand he's probably, he's probably the lowest income, or the least amount of money for a owner in the NFL. He's probably towards the bottom of that list, least amount to to use. Probably doesn't want to play. Pay multiple coaches at once, but I think the McDaniel's experiment is is over two in the league, and um, there's there's a lot of really good candidates out there that you should you should go after instead. But uh, the Chiefs cruise to victory in this one. The the ring around the rosy play was uh, just a thing of beauty. That's when you know they're just having fun. And even though it got called back, uh, my goodness, when they and I did not see that play live, but when I saw the video, as I saw them come out of of uh, it's it's actually a soccer slash football, uh, talking about world football, not American football. And uh, rugby do celebrations like that and huddles like that a lot. Uh, as soon as they broke into that formation, it looked like uh, uh, it looked like a toss-back pass to me because I saw where Mahomes was. Um, but uh, that is what it was. It was great. The Chiefs just continued to roll. They help unmuddy the waters that the called-off game was uh, creating and just winning. And we will get to their we will get to their positioning here in a minute. Also on Saturday was the Titans and the Jaguars, where basically the winner of this game was going to win the AFC South. And lo and behold, how about those Jaguars? How about those Jaguars? They find a way to pull out the 20-16 victory. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did not play spectacular. But he, I think he, he did more than, you know, he did more than enough to, to, to give them the opportunity to win. I mean, 20 for 32, 212 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they really didn't run the ball all that well. But Christian Kirk earning every bit of that paycheck he got. Uh, the, the costly turnovers, things like that. But uh, the two interceptions they were able to get. And uh, overall, this defense is uh, getting to be pretty, pretty scary. Definitely getting to be pretty scary. Um, but Jaguar fans, you guys know we used to do Jaguar Zone here on uh, some of our coverage, and uh, at. All those years, you'd see them get kind of close. You'd see them almost get the pieces together, and then something crazy would happen. It seems like nothing crazy, or not many crazy things are left to happen. It looks like you guys are on the up. You just won the division. You probably are the best team in that division. It's because two of them are messes, and uh, Tennessee can't get out of their own way. It doesn't matter, because 
It's kind of how the Buccaneers won the NFC South. So congratulations, Jaguars. Congratulations, Jaguars fans. Duval. Uh, Shout-outs to the Teal Street Hooligans continuing to hold it down at the slab. Uh, you even got shout-outs from the Bull City Brigade that has uh, become even bigger and bigger since uh, last I was a part of it, even doing some stuff with them. And, I mean, you you, you deserved it. Yeah, you absolutely deserved it. You guys fought hard. What they started like one and four, they started four and I don't know. They started not good. And it turns out that if you have a, a good, not more than competent, but you have a good coach who knows how to develop players and he can develop your star quarter, quarterback, then things tend to shake out. Is that not amazing? That's amazing. We'll talk about the playoff ramifications in a minute of those. Uh, Shout-outs to the Falcons for beating the Buccaneers. Look, a lot of people, oh, they win a meaningless game. and No, it means something to them. It means a lot. They wanted to get to as many wins as possible. It was seven this year. Uh, we got to see Desmond Ritter. He, I, I want to see a bigger step in the offseason from him. I think he's showing some signs, but... It's also going to be interesting because of the draft order. If they're in the top 10 and one of these quarterbacks fall, particularly Will Levis, that I have said the entire time might be the best in this entire class. Any culture here, I I think I'd have to think about it. But uh, they finished 7-10. and 10. They went 30-17. to 17. They hand Brady his first losing season, I believe. And they also... Uh, uh, they also, I mean, they, they beat the Buccaneers. That's a good thing. And people can say, well, they took out a lot of it. It doesn't matter. I don't care who's there. It matters not who all is part of that. A win is a win. You play who's on your schedule. That's what we get told all the time. So congratulations to the Falcons. So on we go. Because the Buccaneers still did win the division, but uh, wait till you see who they drew. We got Bills and Patriots. This ended up being a lot closer than we thought it would be. The Bills just needed to win. The Patriots needed to win to be in. Well, Josh Allen finally takes this game over. Bills end up winning 35-23. to Mac Jones... Had a, had a pretty good day. It'll be interesting to see. We know Bilicek will be back. It will be interesting to see what they do going forward. They asked Mac Jones to throw 40 times, which he was down in this one. But 26 for 40, 243, three touchdowns. He did throw three interceptions, but he was down in a ball game and he was trying to get back against a team like the Bills. So I, I, I can't fault him much for that. I, I think he... He showed a lot of emotion, some very non-patriot-like emotion this year. So just, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Could we see a Derek Carr for Mac Jones trade? That's always possible. Something weird like that. But we'll see what happens. Congratulations to Bills. We will talk about them more in a minute. It seems like almost every, at least one team in every matchup had had a... Uh, playoff ramification. It was really crazy. 
Uh, up next was the Vikings and the Bears. The Vikings were trying to have a strong showing going into the playoffs. The Bears were trying to secure the number one pick. The Both did their jobs. Bears mustered 13 points. They did not play Fields. Fields is probably their quarterback, though. So whether they had the number one or number two pick, I do believe they would trade out of it. I do not see a chance of them drafting a quarterback over Fields. I think Fields is the guy they're going to go with. Uh, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, they put up 29 points. They moved themselves into a good playoff position. I mean, they went 13-4 and four this year including that ridiculous comeback the other night where they were down, what, 33, 34 points and came back and won that game. Biggest comeback in NFL history. Yes, you were down 30-something points, which is a little alarming, but you can't be that worried about it when you actually did come back and uh, you won your division. And like I said, the Bears in losing, they were at 3-14. and 14. It was down to them and the Houston Texans for the number one pick. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the Houston Texans game. They were playing against the Colts. The Colts were up. to 31-24. So it's looking good for the Texans. The Texans would finish... Two and thirteen or two thirteen and one, they would end up with the worst record. They would end up with the number one pick. All they have to do is lose this game. Lovey Smith after the game said something along the lines of, "I will never tell players to lose. I don't know if he said it on purpose or not, but to lose, we don't play to lose." So what happens is, I believe, was it, I think the Colts threw a, let's see, was it, um, yeah, they they end up, uh, you had Davis Mills in. Davis Mills finds uh, Aikens. The defensive back went for the interception, and he missed. And when he missed, uh, Aikens took it 28 yards for the touchdown with uh, just a handful of not much time left on the clock. And what does Levy Smith do? Down one point. He goes for two. A lot of people thought, oh, well, they're going to go for two, and he's just going to take the knee, and uh, that's going to solidify them getting the number one pick and losing this game. First off, that would be blatantly obvious to do that, and they would more than likely get fined or penalized for doing so. But no, they go for it, and they actually get it. So Houston hangs on, and they win this game 32 31, and uh, the Colts end up at 4-12-1 this year. The Texans at 3-13-1. They will actually be the number two pick. The number one pick will go to the Chicago Bears. Uh, The Texans may miss out on the top quarterback because somebody will trade into the number one spot, and if they're looking for a quarterback, at least there's a bunch more they can go for. 
but they should be ready to go for their number two pick, not their number one, because they, and, and I'm the same way. I, I don't, I can't purposely lose in something like that. You always want to stay competitive. So uh, I totally get it. And what does Lovey Smith get as a prize for going for two and winning the game? He gets his walking papers as he was let go. Gosh, was it earlier today? Or it was late Sunday. So that tells you what the Houston management was trying to do. They wanted to tank to get the number one pick. And Lovey Smith says, I don't tank. Remember, that's, that's how Brian Flores ended up in some of the mess that, that he ended up in. Uh, he's actually uh, being considered for, considered for some coordinator jobs. That's uh, pretty fantastic. But you know what? Congratulations to you, Lovey Smith, for not giving in to the narrative that you should be bad to be good. Good for you. And um, it costs you a job, but I, you're going to get hired somewhere else. You'll be a coordinator or something. I know you're, you're too good to be to not be in the league. Uh, the Colts, seems like Matt Ryan's going to come back. He's going to have, I think he's got like a $12 million bonus or option. He's going to probably stick it out one more year. And whether it's him or you guys should really have at least one other option at quarterback. I don't know if that's Ellinger. I doubt it by what I saw. But you guys got to do something because you got, you and Denver were two teams coming into this year where everybody thought you were just the quarterback away. And you were both completely wrong, and we were all wrong about that. Or at least you guys were wrong in the quarterbacks you picked, and your team suffered. Some offensive line issues for the Colts, too. And the Colts usually have a great offensive line. Um, Ravens and the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals and Bills didn't get to finish their game. The Ravens and the Bengals did play. This come down to if the Ravens won, it gave them a bigger advantage. I can't remember if they would have gotten the division or not. I don't think so. But uh, playoff-wise, it would have made it a little muddier. And the Bengals just needed to win just to keep that from happening. Well, the Bengals do that. They improved to 12-4 and with a 27-16 victory. It seems like Joe Burrow was just not going to let the Ravens win. And I, I can't blame him. Can't blame him at all. We'll talk about where they are in the playoffs uh, once we get done with the games. Uh, let's... Where are we at? Let's take a short break where we will talk about our friends at BetOnline.net. And when we get back, we'll do the final eight games. And I'll tell you about some of the rumor mills and things going on in the league. We'll be right back after this message. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
And we're back here on that sports show, not just any sports show, not this sports show, that sports show. I'm Jeremy, the Impact York. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They've got the wagering lines. They've got the betting lines. They've got the articles. They've got the podcast. Everything to make you a more informed fan. Even if you're not betting on these games, maybe it's not legal to, maybe you don't like betting on games, but there's so much information to make you a more informed and educated fan. So you can win all those debates at the water cooler or at the beauty parlor, whichever places you like to debate sports. BetOnline.net is there to help you out. So we went through a majority of the games. We're down to the final eight. And like I said, it's crazy how there, there was almost playoff implications on practically every one of them. Up next, we get Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, I believe Tua did not play. They sc- started Skylar Thompson. Isn't his name Skylar Thompson? Yeah, Skylar Thompson started. Uh, he got dinged up at one point. Was able to come back in and finish the game. Uh, I'll be honest, the best highlight of this game is the fact of, of when zeros went across the score uh, scoreboard. Because this one ends up New York Jets 6, Miami Dolphins 11. 6 to 11. I, I feel like some of the World Cup games were higher and, and probably more entertaining. The, I, the Jets are a team that are a quarterback away. I think they've got a, a, a good coach and a really good GM. I keep hearing that Woody Johnson may try to make a house cleaning or something. I, I think that would be an error. I think you just need to get your quarterback, whether that's in the draft, whether that's uh, one of the free agents out. You've got to get a, if you get better at quarterback and maybe one or two other pieces, then we're talking about you in the playoffs next year. And that's, that's, that's actually where I see the jets is basically where the dolphins are. And the dolphins are a, a whole nother thing as to the rumors going on there that maybe Brady plays quarterback for him next year. How about you just finish this year? How about we just talk about playoffs and things like that, which we will do in a minute. Uh, Dolphins actually end up making it in. Good for them. And the Jets end up just a little short after being a house of fire earlier in the year. We have Panthers-Saints. This had nothing to do with playoffs so much. Um, The Panthers end up winning. 10-7. 10-7. to It's not the world's most entertaining game either. But what this did do was uh, put the Panthers and Saints both at 7-10 and 10 on the year, along with the Falcons. So technically, Falcons fans, you are tied for second. And 8-9 and nine, Tampa Bay won your division. So... It tells you where both South divisions were this year, that 8-9 and nine and 9-8 nine and eight won those divisions. But the only thing I would argue is while the Jaguars are probably the best AFC South team, probably, it's not even probably, they are, I would not say that Tampa Bay is the best NFC South team. They won, but I think if you lined up these teams at this particular juncture and made them play each other, Carolina is probably the better team. Not by much. They would all be separated by small margins like they are now. Uh, Carolina is another one that Sam Darnold, 
may be a decent backup for you. Uh, PJ Walker was was a, a pretty good backup. Neither one of them, I think, are starters at this juncture. You need a quarterback. Where you're at in the draft, it's it's going to be iffy, a little dicey. But if the Panthers get a quarterback with that that just smash machine of a of a defense they have and two great running backs when they're not ejected from games. Carolina could win this division next year if not much changes on either of these teams. Now, I think some things are going to change. We'll see a little bit more about that. We'll see what the draft does. But, you know, if you ask me to put them in order right now, I would say the Panthers are probably the best team. And then it's probably a three-way tie. They're, they're all right there together. Just a couple bounces here and there. Uh, Browns and the Steelers. Steelers trying to avoid having the first Mike Tomlin losing season ever. They've at least been 500 or better. Now we have uneven games, so you you get a uh, so you get an odd number of games. They come in eight and eight. They needed to beat the Browns. Browns were heavily favored. I picked the Browns, and the Browns are just going to Brown. That quarterback that the Browns have that um you got you guys know I'm not going to say his name. Used to play at Clemson, was a Houston Texan for a while. You guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, got in a lot of legal trouble, crossed a lot of moral boundaries. That guy. Yeah, turns out two years of not playing, he looks a little more than rusty. He looks like he forgot that he was really good. So the Browns may be in trouble because you guaranteed him $230 million. Yikes. That deal that you guys signed him to makes Denver feel good about what they're giving Russell Wilson. Neither one of those situations are great. Uh, I guess because the Browns guy is is younger, maybe there's a little more upside, but uh, you guys have got to figure something out. You've got too much money tied up into teams that are or into players that are not productive. And then you had Jadavian Clowney who sat out this week for Cleveland. They sat him out because – when asked about next year by a reporter or something, he said there was like an 85, 90% chance he he would probably not be back. So they're like, okay, well, don't play the last game. I love that decision, by the way. Clowney's been that way his, his whole career. He's he's a good guy, but he just runs his mouth about stuff he doesn't he he doesn't think. Because if he didn't want to be a part of this team, you just don't be a part of the team. You don't have to say it out like this is a behind closed doors conversation you have with management just go yeah i don't think i want to be back here next year so if that means he needs to get traded or cut they can do that if he's just going to be a free agent well they go okay well if you don't want to be here then we don't want to force you to be here appreciate your time have a go no he has to be an idiot so more power to him on that one and more power by the fact that steelers doubled up the browns steelers are going to have like the 18th pick this year, it's it's about where they usually do. They actually turned it around and made it a 9-8 and eight year. It was looking scary there for a minute. Tomlin avoids a losing season. He's a he's probably one of the best coaches in the league. You guys hear me talk about him a lot. Yes, he's a rah-rah guy, but yeah, he understands players. The players love to play there. Because Pittsburgh's not an easy town to play in. The weather, uh, the fans can get after you. You know, it's there, there's a lot of factors, but... 
what helps is when you want to play with a good team and a great coach, and that's exactly what the Steelers have going with Tomlin. But they improved to nine and eight. They already have their quarterback. So at eighteen, you just you you go help your quarterback out. Uh, I don't know about a running back at eighteen, but you could maybe grab him a receiver. Although you could get those later in the draft. I would go an offensive lineman. If you want to go defensive lineman, your defense could use a little bit of help. You know, with T.J. Watt getting dinged up a lot, there's a lot of stuff the Steelers can do. But it looks like they're they're ahead of schedule of, of the the kind of house cleaning post Roethlisberger era. So more power to them, and I'm so glad they beat the Browns. As long as they have that guy as their quarterback, I'm not cheering for the Browns. Okay, who they're facing? Moves us to the Giants and the Eagles. Giants almost pull this off. They get 16 on the board, but the Eagles got 22. They did play without Jalen Hurts. But it looks like he's going to be pretty healthy for the playoffs. If he's able to do that, the Eagles have have got to be an NFC favorite. Them or San Francisco would probably be the 1A, 1B. I would say maybe Minnesota would be the 2. But we'll talk about playoffs here in a minute. As the Eagles good showing, they end up at 14 and 3. I believe they end up with the number one seed because of that. We will talk about playoffs. Uh, Giants, though, to rebound and end up at 9, 7, and 1. I really thought they were going to be terrible this year. I thought them and the commanders were going to be terrible, and I thought Philly would probably win the division by about what, a game or so. Over Dallas, Dallas being a wild card. I had a lot of that. Uh, they ended up winning by two. Okay. They were 14-3. Dallas ended up at 12-5. and five. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Eagles, though. Eagles are just, they're good everywhere, and they have depth. And that's, you know, if Jalen Hurts can stay relatively healthy, and you know, if they got to, I mean, Gardner Minshew, had a, he's had a, Pretty good showing this year. But other than that, uh, good for the Eagles. I say that as a Cowboys fan, you guys know that. And new new people now, you guys know that. Um, Eagles were the superior team this year. Or they are the superior team this year. We go to Chargers, Broncos. And the Chargers forgot that they're a really good team. And the Broncos forgot that they're a really bad team. This thing goes all the way down to a field goal. 31-28 Broncos. Probably the most complete, best game that Denver played all year. Um, Russell Wilson, 13 for 24, 283, three touchdowns, an interception. Those are kind of back to his early Seattle days, and it seemed to work. He didn't have to throw the ball tons of times. He only threw the ball 24 times. You had Latavius Murray, who went off for 15 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, They had Chase Edmonds running the ball a little bit. Jerry Judy, Russ ran a few times. Uh, Tyler Batty. And it helps when Jerry Judy has five catches for 154 yards and six targets. So there was only one time he was targeted that he did not catch the ball. And Freddie Swain having a big game. Portland Sutton. A lot of the pieces are there. If you can get Russell Wilson to play two-thirds of where he is now, then 
you know, and not try to do too much and just say, hey, do what you do well. Like you did in Seattle. You guys thought it was the play call. Oh, you got to let Russ cook. Turns out they were letting him cook in a very limited fashion. They're like, no, we know what this team and what his skills and how they all translate. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And that's what Denver's going to have to do. Whoever their new coach is, because they did fire their coach, what, last last week? Yeah, it was last week. They fired their coach. Yeah, there it is, Nathaniel Hackett. And I don't think it was Hackett's problem. A lot of people say, oh, it's because... It's because uh, he, he's he's over his head, and he didn't know what he was doing. And Well, first off, it's the first time as head coach. Second off, we all pretty much think that Denver hired him thinking that he would bring Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay, who would, he was the offensive coordinator of Green Bay last year, Nathaniel Hackett was. We thought, or they all thought, oh, well, if we sign him, then he'll easily get him to come over. Well, he didn't. We'll get to Aaron in a minute. So Hackett will go back and be a coordinator somewhere. He'll probably get another shot at being a head coach. Uh, I just think that he he was trying to, as head coach, he was trying to run the team instead of trying to fix the offense or Russell Wilson. And a lot of people blamed him for it. I don't think it had anything to do with it. I, I just think that Denver was a mess this year. And it got clogged too much to where he just he couldn't do anything else about it. And they feel like the I mean new owners, new owners are going to want to win. Although the best joke that I probably told all weekend was while walking through a Walmart and uh, hearing somebody say uh, five dollars. This used to be three dollars, and I said, well, they had to start charging more because they have to pay Russell Wilson. It's a joke, guys. It's really a joke. Uh, the Walton family does not raise prices so they can pay for football. That's just a joke. But I thought it was a decent joke. Hope you guys enjoyed that one there. Uh, but right now, Jerry Rossberg is their head coach. They are currently trying to talk to a lot of different people. But uh, Broncos finished 5-12. and 12. Chargers sneak into the playoffs. Talk about them shortly. Uh, at 10 and 7, the Chargers are just one of those teams, too, that they seem to never get the head coach completely right. I think theirs does an okay job now. Uh, but they got all this talent, and it just it comes down to one or two game decisions that just blow up in their face. And they end up at 10 and 7 when they probably could have been, I don't know, 13 and 4. Fourteen and three, something along those lines. They could have been so much better. Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have Mike Williams, and they, I mean, just Austin Eckler. It's unbelievable the talent they have, and I mean, they'll score thirty points in a game, and somehow they'll lose thirty-one thirty. Just makes no real sense. Uh, Rams and the Seahawks. The most important thing to know here is the Seahawks found a way to win this one, nineteen to sixteen. Uh, and they find themselves in the playoffs because of all the way, ways that these scenarios broke down and broke apart. 
I will give Baker Mayfield credit. He probably can start in this league. He's probably going to look at being a high-end backup. Somewhere. But he showed that he can start in this league. And as long as he's healthy and he doesn't try to tackle people that intercept him, then he has the potential to, to be back as a starter in this league and do some good things. I, I give him credit. I give the Rams credit for picking him up. It's Maybe it's something they want to roll with down the road. We just we don't know. But Geno Smith is the Seattle starter. Will they draft one or maybe get another one next year? Potentially, Geno Smith has earned the facts to or earned the opportunity to be the starter next year. He went 19 for 31 for 213 through two interceptions and a touchdown. But uh, Kenneth Walker, by the way, home run of a pick in the second round. They found a running back that can stay healthy and. Uh, 29 carries, 114 yards. That is Seahawks football. They've still got Metcalf and Lockett, and Colby Parkinson did some good things. This Seattle team was supposed to be really bad. And instead, they're in the playoffs. So congratulations to them. The Rams, we will see. Did I write it on here? I did. We will talk about the Rams here shortly. I don't keep saying that. We're going to talk a lot of a lot of this stuff when we talk about playoffs. We're going to talk uh, a couple of the big storylines, and one involves the Rams. We got Cardinals, 49ers. The Cardinals are an absolute mess. They have an update in the news and notes. Uh, they're just undisciplined, and it comes down to coaching, and it comes down to leadership, and you're going to see what they did or didn't do about that here in a minute. You're going to hear here in a minute. Uh, 49ers do exactly what they need to do. They smash the Cardinals 38-13. to 49ers, I'm telling you, 49ers and the Eagles are going to probably battle it out to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC side. And then finally, we got Lions versus Packers. Coming into this, the Lions found out no matter what they did, they were not going to make the playoffs this year. They were going to be just outside no matter what. And all Green Bay had to do was win the game. And instead, Dan Campbell and the Lions made sure the Packers were not going to the playoffs. They win this game 20-16. to 16. Congratulations to the Lions. Uh, they're not the, the bottom feeders of the league anymore. I re- they, they are ready to run through a wall for, for Coach Campbell each and every week. He is so motivating. They love this guy. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is the beast on the defense that he was at Michigan. It's He's a hometown kid as far as that. It, the Lions are on their way to doing some really big things. I don't want to quite say playoffs yet, but, I mean, they were almost the playoffs this year. There's a chance they, they get into them next year. They are going to be really good. And Packers end up 8-9. and nine. Aaron Rodgers would not give up his jersey to a couple players that asked. Not because he's a jerk. He said he wanted to hang on to this one. Or he might want to hang on to this one. 
there's always that potential that he's done. Is it going to be? Maybe. We know Aaron. Will he's going to pull the Favre, and we're not going to find out until probably July, August, whenever Aaron decides to tell us. You know, whatever it is. But uh, that's that's the entire regular season. It was a fantastic season. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. We know that DeMar is doing better. He was released from the hospital earlier today. That is fantastic. He is going to be on his way to recovery. We will see what happens uh, from there going forward. And uh, like I said, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Overall, pretty good season, though. So let's get into Wild Card Weekend. Let's start in the AFC. In the AFC, it is going to be the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, one o'clock on. When do they play? The 15th. As we get out our handy, handy calendar, that is, they are on Sunday at one. I'll tell you right now. The Dolphins, congratulations for making the postseason. Uh, the Bills are not, they're not going to waste any time. I say Bills are going to win that one probably by 10 to 14 points. We go to the six seed versus the three seed as the Ravens, who I told you made it in, will face the Cincinnati Bengals, the team they just lost to this past weekend. I still say that Cincinnati is favored in this one. I think they are better offensively. The Ravens may have the slightly better defense, but if it comes down to who can score more points, I trust Joe Burrow over whoever they tried out for the Ravens because it doesn't look like Lamar is going to be back. I think Huntley was hurt. I, I just I think they're running out of people. But the Ravens have always been about run first, not big on big flashy plays when they need them. So I give all the credit to Cincinnati in that one. The most intriguing matchup in the AFC side, did I say when that game was? That game is the 8-15 game on Sunday. That is the Sunday night football. It's kind of crazy. Um, the five-seed Chargers will face the four-seed Jaguars. This game will be on Saturday. It'll be the Saturday night game. That's fun. In Duval. Oh, boy. Teal Street Hooligans in the Bolt City Brigade are going to be booming. Shout out to the mayor, Casey Jones, down there as well. Man, they got some fun, fun fans down there. I actually give the Jaguars the edge in this one. I think the Chargers are like a one or two point favorite. I think the Jaguars are going to win this at home. I really do. I think the Jaguars are going to win this at home. I look forward to seeing them do so. And that is the AFC side because Kansas City at 14-3, and three, all they had to do was win to unmuddy the waters. They won. They get the first round bye. On the NFC side, the Eagles will get the first round by as they went 14-3. and three. 
Then Wild Card Weekend will go as follows. Seattle will go to San Francisco. This will be the third time they face this year. And uh, this is going to be a good matchup. I think the 49ers are going to edge them out just a little bit, but I think the Seahawks are looking to knock them off. But I just think San Francisco is too good. This is a Saturday 4.30 game. Saturday at 4.30 for Seahawks, 49ers. I favor the 49ers. We got the New York Giants, the sixth seed, against the Minnesota Vikings, the three seed. This will be a Sunday 4.30 matchup. I think the Vikings have the advantage, but the Giants have been playing people tough all year. There is a chance that they could sneak out a victory in this one. I still favor Minnesota. And then we get the Dallas Cowboys going to Tampa to face Brady and the Buccaneers. These are two teams that try to find ways to lose. Two teams that can't quite put it together, even though they are super talented, and two teams that frustrate their fan base. This is the Monday night football postseason matchup. Yep, Monday night football, 8-15 on Monday. You're going to get this game. Maybe I'm a little biased in this one. I'm going to say the Cowboys find a way to be less chaotic and less drama queens than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think I'm going to go with Dallas in that one. So to recap, I've got Dallas over Tampa. I've got Minnesota over the New York Giants. I've got San Francisco over Seattle. I've got Buffalo over Miami, Cincinnati over Baltimore, and Jacksonville over L.A. Did I take all... Okay, I took five. I took five home teams and one away team. But all those games, like I said, there's going to be multiple ones on Saturday and Sunday, and of course the Monday night football matchup. That it's going to be Brady versus the Cowboys. That's going to get them more clicks than a viral video. So uh, good for ESPN for booking that one. Real quickly, let's go through a couple of the NFL headlines here. Arizona officially fired their head coach, um, Kingsbury. They also uh, they also said the GM Steve Kime is going to step away. That is a polite way of saying he is not the GM anymore. Complete house cleaning down there. They they need it. I just said you need to hire your GM first, which means you need to do that very quickly so that you can get your coach in place because. You should already be looking at drafting strategies now. Uh, but Arizona needs something. They say that Kyler Murray is going to have uh, some input and say in the head coach that they pick. He should he should be able to at least say his opinion, but I would not give him a lot of power. When you have to put things in his contract to make sure that he is, I don't know, doing his homework and studying, it tells me all I need to know is that you gave him way too much money, and as soon as I get out of that contract, I would. Uh, the Cleveland Browns had to dismiss Bernie Kosar from the from the uh, media booth this past weekend when they found out that he had wagered on the game he was calling. That's I know what a lot of people say. I don't see the problem in that. Well, 
there's a couple of problems in that. It's an ethics thing. Um, I know with MMA world, Michael Bisping, when he is uh, calling the fights, he will not make predictions on the fights he is calling. He doesn't bet on fights anyway. But uh, most people do that. It's like, well, I'm, I'm calling that game, so I will refrain from picking a winner. And uh, even though Kosar is part of the Cleveland media, uh, you, you just can't do that, Bernie. It's, it's unfortunate, but uh, they, they did what they had to do, and they did it quickly, and they will probably not get penalized otherwise for that. Sean McVay and his future. There is a chance that he steps away from the Rams. Uh, some people think that he's going to step away so that he can go into TV. Some people think he's going to step away just to take maybe a year break or so. He had a lot of big things and personal things go on, good and bad, go on in his life in the last 365 days. Uh, those are things you could look up yourself. I'm not going to get into them because they are all personal matters to him. Like I said, some good, some bad. But uh, there was about seven or eight different things that happened in the McVeigh household. So uh, I think a break could help him out. It's, it's helped people like Doug Peterson and others as well. Um, whether he comes back to coaching, does TV, or, uh, you know, builds birdhouses. Uh, just it, whatever makes him happy. Uh, if he's feeling burned down, I mean, Sean Payton took a year off. He's probably going to be back in coaching, but he, he ended up taking that, that time off and seems to be doing better. So we'll see what McVeigh does. My guess is that he does not coach the Rams next year. I He might get into TV. If he does, he'd probably be on Amazon's broadcast with um, with uh, Al Michaels. That's where I would put him. I uh, told, told you about Lovey Smith. Uh, and, you know, all the head coaching candidates that you would imagine as of right now, the big coordinators, um, especially Jonathan Gannon up in Philly. You got Dan Quinn in Dallas. I'm sure Kellen Moore will get some looks also out of Dallas. There will be some uh, all kinds of people, uh, the usual suspects. Uh, Sean Payton to a, to a few of them. And we will talk more about the coaching carousel uh, later this week as we will have another That Sports Show uh, later side of the week. Just wanted to get on here and do kind of a, a regular season wrap-up with this one. And also on the next episode of That Sports Show, we will talk some rugby ATL as their season will be starting up in about a month. And we'll talk a little NASCAR, and there will be a lot of other fun stuff on that show. But this has been a special edition NFL season, regular season wrap-up, That Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Make sure to watch all the games this weekend, and we will be back just in a couple days to talk about so much more. Until then, deuces, gooses.